we might consider the questions which in some ways pierce right to the heart of what we think about ourselves and others, we consider the questions, what do we need? And what does the world need? These questions are implicit in the answer that James and John give when Jesus asks them, what do you wish me to do for you? And we see that their answer is, we want you to put us in charge of others in your kingdom. St. Mark tells us that this conversation that we heard in our gospel reading today is occurring as Jesus and his disciples are on a journey to Jerusalem and in fact are getting very close to their destination. Before this, over the chapters of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has told his disciples three times, the third time right before this conversation, about his coming passion, about how he will be handed over and condemned and put to death and rise from the dead, that this is what is coming. He's told them this three times, but as we can see, James and John are having trouble with this message. Perhaps they just don't get it, or perhaps it's just hard to take in, hard to accept and to change their old ideas. Probably they don't want to. And we see that in the question with which they then respond, that they seem to continue to be holding on to this common idea that when the Messiah came, and they've come to believe that Jesus is this Messiah, that the Messiah would be a military leader who would overthrow Roman rule, restore an independent kingdom of Israel, and set all things right by the force of earthly power, make everything right. And probably they have the sense that something definitive is about to happen as they get to Jerusalem, and actually they're quite right because this will be the triumphal entry into Jerusalem of Palm Sunday. Everything Jesus has told them about will be coming to pass within a matter of days. But they're anticipating the beginning of a glorious kingdom. And so they're asking Jesus to put them in charge. It's interesting that in between here and Jerusalem, as Jesus passed through Jericho, he'll meet the blind man Bartimaeus. We'll hear about that next week. He'll ask him the same question. What do you wish me to do for you? He will say, Lord, I want to see. James and John apparently think they don't need anything except to be in charge. And what the world needs is for them to be in charge and to rule over others and to set things right. Now we know that the plan they have in mind is not the plan that Jesus has in mind. We know that as we heard in the first reading about the suffering servant as recounted in the prophet Isaiah, Jesus will be crushed, will suffer, will be afflicted, will give his life as an offering in order to save us, in order to wash us clean, in order to make us free, in order to heal us. This is what is ahead of him. We know this, but do we know why? 
there are moments when, like James and John, we might want to say, Lord, you know, wouldn't it have been better? Wouldn't it be better now to take that root of earthly rule and put me in charge? Isn't that what I really need? Isn't that what the world needs? Why is it that Jesus has a different plan? And let's answer this first by taking sort of the big picture and then see how this connects in a very personal level. The big picture, we can see if, as in during the weekday masses of this week, we've been reading through the first several chapters of St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And in in those chapters, St. Paul has been considering the transition from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, the law given through Moses was very important as God revealed so many truths about himself and how he wanted his people to live. And this was a great gift, but it wasn't enough. More was needed far beyond what the teaching of the law could accomplish. And so Jesus came in the new covenant to give the more that was needed. What the law could not do, he did. Making up for the offense caused to God the Father by our sin and touching us with his love shown in suffering so that we could come to trust and believe in God's love again and so that his blood could actually transform us and change us from the inside. This is why the new covenant is so much greater than the old covenant, as good as it was. Because more, so much more was needed and so much more was given by our Lord Jesus Christ. James and John think they don't need anything except to be put in charge. But Jesus knows they do. They need profoundly what he will give them. They need to be washed clean. They need to be set free. They need to be healed. They need to be filled and transformed with him. They need so much more than they realize. And he's going to give them what they actually need. And the world, too, needs more than they think. It will not be enough for them to be in charge and to order people around. No, that wasn't enough. The world will need a kind of leadership from them that comes through giving as God's grace passes through them and supplies this need in the world. This is what the world needs. Now let's consider what this looks like through a couple examples. My dad for many years has taught at a Protestant college and seminary and said that each year as a new crop of students comes in, young men and women, that sometimes there'll be some troublesome students among them who don't like to obey the rules and who don't respect the professors and cause problems for their fellow students. And what changes them, he says, is once they go out to minister or to serve others and experience in doing so God's grace transforming the people in front of them 
through them, through their service, which has passed this on to them. And that that experience of being channels or instruments of God's transforming grace in others changes and calms and focuses these troublesome students. Because it turns out that's what they needed. They didn't think it was what they needed. James and John didn't think it was what they needed, but it was. That's what they needed. This happens in ordinary ways as we show mercy to others. And sometimes it happens in extraordinary ways when God works through the particular spiritual gifts that he gives to each one of us, different to each person. Which brings us to our second example, in which we have seen on the world stage and on screens someone who is living out in a very vivid and amazing way his spiritual gifts. That would be our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Those who have been watching him have said, you know, we see in him the spiritual gifts of mercy at work. All of us have the duty to show mercy to others, but to those God gives the spiritual gift of mercy to, it operates in an extraordinarily effective way. And so as Pope Francis sees a need or suffering in someone, and as he then is able to respond with an action that is perfect to touch and to comfort and give God's grace in that moment to that suffering person, what is it we see? We're seeing it ourselves. One, that it brings him to life. You see the joy and the life in his eyes and his body language as he lives out this spiritual gift of mercy. And two, on the other side, you see its effectiveness in the people he shows it to. And of course, three, there's all of us watching from the side saying, yeah, we see it. We see God working in the giving and in the receiving. Praise God for what he's doing. Do we see the difference? James and John don't need to be put in charge to order people around, and neither do we. We need to receive the grace that Jesus is offering and to then give it to others. And if we examine our lives, do we see that happening? Maybe at times we see that we feel burdened, pressured, obligated, judged, or condemned, as if we have to fulfill all these obligations and aren't living up to them. Do we? Where do they come from? Is Jesus giving these to us? Or is this something that we impose upon ourselves in our own pride? Or something that comes out of voices of the past? Whereas instead, our Lord Jesus wants us to draw near to him to receive what we need through prayer, through meditation on the scriptures, through adoration, through holy communion, through receiving his grace in confession, to receive. And when we think about how we interact with others in our lives, are we wanting to interact with them like James and John wanted to? Do we feel towards them impatience, 
demands, irritation? Or can we recognize the need in them as well? And God's desire to supply that need by giving to them through us. To give what the law could not give, but we can supply through his grace given to them. This, this is the plan. This is what James and John needed. This is what the world needs. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So let us approach his throne of grace with confidence to receive the grace we need, the grace that the world needs.